The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Into the Net FC. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before I start talking about the latest EPL week, which was absolutely brilliant, I'd like to take a moment and proudly say that this episode of Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by After Extra Time, the soccer podcast hosted by the brilliant Stuart Kavanaugh. Stuart has a brilliant knowledge in the unique sport of soccer. His soccer podcast is absolutely amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners of this fantastic soccer show, please, please, I assure you that After Extra Time is brilliant, so please take a listen to that show. If you love my show, you will love that show. And Stuart, my friend, this is for you, brother. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first, I also regret to inform you excuse me, that my good friend and my mentor, Steve Adams, is not going to be available today. I was actually planning to do the podcast tomorrow with him, but unfortunately, uh, he's got some things to take care of, which is okay. You know, he'll be back. Don't you worry. And as a matter of fact, <clears throat> I actually was not aware that every game this week of the EPL was played. You know, there's that, I should say there's actually no game on Monday. So that being said, it was actually all concluded today. So you know what? I'm just going to go in and recap it today. And we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about League A uh, and La Liga and Serie A as well. So let's get right to it. Well, well, well. You know, first thing I want to say is, well, Arsenal now has actually turned things around a little bit. Two consecutive wins, but, uh, you know, two consecutive one nothing wins. Wins a win in their case, even though their wins are not absolutely brilliant. But in their case, I'm sure the supporters are going to take the win in any way possible. However, Arsenal still remains in 13th place. But you know what? They got two straight wins. So you know what? There's a little bit of breathing room for Arsenal supporters. They could take a deep breath and relax. But you know what? In their case, the stress level must still be high. Sorry, Arsenal fans. I know it's torture. Well, this uh, particular Arsenal win, you know, I'm looking at it. You know, and for uh, Martin uh, Odegaard, hope I pronounced that correctly. I mean, those those unique European names are just so cool. It's so hard to pronounce them. 
you know, for Arsenal scoring in the 30th minute and then managing to hold on to it for the rest of the game and, you know, and winning on the road, it's definitely huge. You know, Arsenal dominated, you know, had 523 passes, had an 80% pass accuracy, you know, a total of 13 shots and only three were, were on target. So this game was kind of a defensive effort because Burnley is who they beat. Burnley had 18 shots on target, excuse me, three shots on target and 18 shots total. So, it was really quite a defensive effort. And as far as Arsenal goes, the future is still, you know, cloudy. I don't know what to anticipate. But, you know, as far as, 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 far as I'm concerned, I've been asking myself, uh, the relationship right now uh, involving Alexandre Lacazette, because, you know, it's been, uh, there's been some rumors that things are just not going well between him and Mar- Arsenal management. But, you know, and, you know, two days ago, ESPN uh, released a story about that there's been no Arsenal contract offer for Lacazette. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know uh, where he'll be going uh, moving forward. But, uh, like, like I said, uh, the future of the Gunners, it's just, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. And, and I have to be honest, I've said this on the show before, even as a lifelong supporter of Manchester United, I don't like seeing Arsenal like this because... The EPL is basically is the pinnacle of European soccer when it comes to club soccer. The EPL is the pinnacle, and Arsenal is one of the, is one of the most biggest and most well known clubs. And seeing them like this, it's just it's something that really it's bothersome for me. But it's probably it, it's probably not as bothersome for most. But for me, like I said, it, it's just not it's just no fun seeing them like this. I mean, and I'm dead serious. I mean, this is not just from a journalistic standpoint it's from a it's, it's from a fan point of view as well because you you want the teams to always be at the top of their game I mean when you have these rivalry games you want both teams to be at full strength you want you want a good game you want a good hard fought game game so anyway so moving on man looking at this right here Manchester City drawing against Southampton at home you know that's just whew. Man, oh man, oh man! It's ne- ne- never would have expected that. Never. No, oh, and Man- Man- Manchester City actually coming off a great win in their first opening game of the Champions League. You know, beating RP Leipzig six to three. But you know, from this game, Raheem Sterling became the ninth player to hit two hundred Premier League appearances for Manchester City, and he's only the second Englishman to do so. The first one would be Joe Hart, who had 266 appearances for Manchester City. Look at that for uh, um, Southampton. James Ward-Prowse making his 100th consecutive appearance in the Premier League today. Wow. Amazing. Trying to see uh, from this Manchester City game. I mean, for Manchester City to not be able to pick up the win at home against Southampton is... Certainly surprising, but you know that. Then again, you know, are we really going to expect Manchester City to win every single game? But I really felt like Manchester City should have taken care of business against uh, against Southampton, but unfortunately, it just wasn't their day. And I'm looking at the stats of this game for Manchester City. I'm not going to try to go deep into detail for every single one. You know, the loaded lineup. You know. You know, uh, Pep Guardiola utilized the scheme formation of four defenders, three midfielders, and three forwards, or strikers, whichever way you want to say it. 
you know, you see Gabriel Jesus, Raheem Sterling, and Jack Grealish, you know, in the front three, and then followed by Gundogan, Fernandinho, and Silva in the midfield. So I would have figured, you know, Southampton would be in for a beatdown, but man, and, you know, I'm actually surprised, you know, the likes, of, you know, Kevin De Bruyne didn't start this game. Some people would say that would argue that that's the reason, but you know what? Kevin De Bruyne, Riyad Mahrez, and Phil uh, Foden—they all came in in the game, so they could have made a difference. But overall, it's just—it just wasn't—it just, it w- it just wasn't a good day for Manchester City. I'll, I'll, that's putting it mildly. But anyway, you know, from the stats, only one shot on target for Manchester City. Only one out of 16 shots total. Oh, and it, even though Manchester City 64% ball possession, 555 passes. You know, Southampton only had 319. It just was, you know, just not good at all. You know, eight corners and, you know, Southampton had five corners of their own. Yeah, just not a good day for Manchester City. So, you know, and looking at Manchester City, their next game, uh, their next, uh, excuse me, their next Premier League game is actually going to be against Chelsea on the road. So, you know what, that's actually a game to be a bit excited about because after that, Manchester City will play their second Champions League game against Paris Saint-Germain. Which, by the way, I, I just wrote an article about what Paris Saint-Germain has to do to beat Manchester City. I would urge you to please check it out. If you'd like, you can actually find you can actually go to my uh, Twitter at Bearman of Texas, just TX. No need to spell it out. My uh, DM is open, so if you want, if you like, link to my articles, just let me know, and I'll, be, and I'll proudly send them to you. So anyway, moving on from Manchester City, you know, okay, all, all these, you know, you know. And, you know, with that Brighton beating Leicester City, ooh, man, you know, you know, the fact, you know, Brighton had a 2 nothing lead, and Jamie Vardy would cut that lead in half in the 61st minute, and just seeing how, you know, Leicester City dominated ball possession, had so many passes, it's just, you know, with that solid and that resilient defending, it, it really makes a, a true difference, so... Yeah, I'm gonna looking at Liverpool and Crystal Palace. I mean, I'm telling you, Liverpool's really been on a bit of a tear, haven't they? Because I'm looking at Liverpool. Okay, you know, it was good to see this game. Uh, it, it was always good to see Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah both have uh, two uh, two very good goals. You know, for a Manchester United supporter, I'm all, I am always rooting for Mohamed Salah. Because it's it's not only because how great he is, you know, he's a great player, he's an amazing person, but I just feel like Mohamed Salah is one of those dudes that you just have you just can't help but have a lot of respect for. He, and you know, despite the circumstances, it's just it's it's unbelievable. But anyway, after uh, Liverpool uh, ha- had that uh, very difficult and dull draw against Chelsea at home, you know, that red card game. Chelsea has, excuse me, Liverpool has scored three goals in consecutive games in EPL play. So in, in, their, in their last two EPL games, Liverpool has kept a clean sheet and has scored three goals. So that's pretty amazing. And in the, and Liverpool's coming off a great win in their opening Champions League match against AC Milan. And in that case, I was actually kind of disappointed that my boy Olivier Giroud did not get the start. And, and in Milan's case as well, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic got injured again and... I kind of said on the last episode of the show that I'm starting. I'm starting to fear that you know we're about to, we're just about done seeing Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But as my friend Steve, you know, points out, and he's absolutely right, is 
you know, Slatan is 39 years old. You know, his body is not the same for what it was when he was, you know, a 21-year-old amazing player. You know, that's just the body. T- that's just the body taking the toll. You know, on a long career. But uh, yeah, it'll certainly be tough. You know, when Zlatan hangs it up, it'll be tough to deal with. But uh, we all know. We all knew that Zlatan was wasn't going to be around forever. But anyway, just absolute dominance by Liverpool. You know, it's it's just so good to see Liverpool score these fantastic goals. It's good to see you know Virgil Van Dijk being back in top form. And I'm still hoping for their player Harvey Elliott, who suffered the injury. You know, uh, uh, wish him nothing but a speedy recovery. And you know, seeing Henderson, you know, get get a play at midfield. You know, Fabinho, uh, then with uh, Alcantara as well, and you know, Mo Salah lining up alongside Diogo Jota and Sadio Mane. You know, Jurgen Klopp also utilized the four-three by three scheme. So. But it seemed to it worked out pretty well, especially because you know you had Salah on one side and then Jota in the middle and then Sadio Mane on the other side, and both guys getting goals. So it seems that the uh, the decision uh, turned out to be the right one. But uh, you know that's Jurgen Klopp. I mean Jurgen Klopp, and also one of these guys, whether whether you like it or not, there's no denying that Jurgen Klopp is a very good manager, tactical brilliance, and he's all about the winning. You know, and doesn't matter who you support. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're an Arsenal supporter. A Chelsea supporter, a Manchester United supporter. There's just no denying that Jurgen Klopp is a hell of a manager. So anyway, and he's giving me all, all these, all these games. You know, Newcastle United and Leeds United battling to a one-one draw. And you know, Alain, Alain Saint Maximin. This dude is just tearing it up for Newcastle United. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if uh, not long from now, if Alain Maximin, you know, begins to be targeted by other teams, you know, for a possible transfer. I wouldn't even be surprised if even Newcastle United considers selling him, you know, to make a to make a buck, and you know, because they know that you know this dude has a future. So if you know if the success, you know, if there's not much success in the future of Newcastle United, they might as well send him. But uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I I really don't. But. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at Alain Max, Saint-Maximin, you know, 24-year-old French player, a winger. I'm actually asking myself, how come the French national team hasn't even looked at him? Because he has he has played for the youth teams. You know, recently in 2019, he was part of the French U21 team. So I'm really asking myself, how the he- why the hell has the French national team not looked into this guy? Because Alain Saint-Maximin is a hell of a player. Been doing great things for Newcastle United. You know, even though he only has 56 appearances and he only has eight goals, you know, being here since 2019, since he arrived from Nice, Alain Maximin really has potential. So, anyway, but, but you know, as far as Newcastle goes, you know, I'm looking at at the standings, and I'll do a full uh, a, a full look at the standings earlier. Newcastle United is in the freaking relegation zone. I mean, Newcastle United is one of four teams to yet to, yet to pick up the win. Unfortunately, Nor- Norwich City sits at the very bottom, you know, a negative 12 goal differential, scoring only two goals, allowing a total of 14. They are 0-5, I mean, not even a draw, and then Burnley's right above them, and Newcastle's there, and Le- Leeds is only, like, you know, one point ahead of the relegation zone. Same thing with Wolverhampton, and it- it- it's just unbelievable. You know, you know, I- I've, you know the, ma- the Magpies, it's... You know, when I think of the Magpies... I'm always I, I'm I'm always gonna have that bit of a grudge on them. Okay, maybe okay. You know what? No, I'm not gonna say it's a grudge because 
not long ago, I actually learned that back in 1996, Newcastle United had the opportunity to sign a young Zinedine Zidane, and they didn't do it because they felt that the young Zinedine Zidane, who was 24 years old at the time, was not good for EPL football. Therefore, Juventus took the guy, and the rest is history. But Newcastle United, and and, so, and I know those Magpie fans listen to this. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all, but... Uh, <laughs> I have to acknowledge it, but you know Newcastle has a history of passing on players. I mean, Mo Salah is one of them. Luka Modric is another. So it's just total bad luck. I mean, since the days of Alan Shearer, it's just has it just really hasn't been a smooth ride, has it? Uh, okay. All right. I, I, I'm done. I'm done torturing the Magpie supporters. <laughs> but anyway, so. I'll get to these last two games. You know, Wat, Watford and Norwich City. Just you know, Norwich City. It's just. The nightmare is also continuing. You know, it's a shame, you know... And, oh, well, okay, Josh Sargent actually is okay. Josh Sargent, you know, made the start and, you know, came back. Got substituted out of the game. You know, Josh Sargent, the American player that I'm really rooting for for Norwich City. But Norwich City just can't seem to be able to collect any points. I mean, I, I'm sure one way or the other they're going to find a way to collect a point. Somewhat soon, and we'll take a look at their schedule, uh, upcoming schedule in the next couple of weeks. Well, Norwich City is about to play Liverpool in two days in the EFL uh, Cup third round game before they go to Goodison Park and play Everton. So, yeah, it's gonna be tough, but you know, it's a long run. I mean, in a season, it's only it's only match day five out of thirty eight. So, and there's still a lot of game left to play. Anyway, so now I want to talk about, you know, I mean, and speaking of Everton, Aston Villa just absolutely obliterated them. You know, it's sad to see Luca Dean, the French defender, score, suffer an own goal in the 69th minute. That gave Aston Villa the 2 nothing lead, and about six minutes later, Aston Villa made it 3 nothing. You know, Everton just did not look good in this game at all. It's incredible. But anyway, <clears throat> now I want to talk about, oh, we'll get to these last two games, Tottenham and Chelsea. Well, speaking of Tottenham, Tottenham got off to a good start. But after they won nothing win against Watford August 29th, on September 11th, they suffered a 3 nothing loss to Crystal Palace. And just three days ago, in their opening Champions League game against Stade de Re- oh, excuse me, not Champions League, Europa League, because Tottenham's not in the Champions League, they suffered a draw against Rennes. Sorry, Tottenham supporters, didn't mean to do that. But, you know, the, the fact that, you know, they start off, you know, on the road against Rennes, you know, 2-2, two two, and I want to take a look at the lineup, you know, the Harry Kane started in that game, and... You know, Hugo Lloris actually did not play that, did not start that game. But, you know, Tottenham is just... Tottenham's also kind of in, a, in, bad, in, in bad luck because... Speaking of Tottenham, because check this out. Harry Kane has failed to score in his first four Premier League appearances of a season for the first time since the 2015-16 season. And Harry Kane, furthermore, only has four shots in his current campaign, so... 
Yeah, Harry, yeah, Harry Kane's just not off to a good start. I mean, there was all that talk about him, you know, wanting out of Tottenham, that he would probably be heading to Manchester City, but I think that's dead in the water because Manchester City got Jack Raylish, but I wouldn't be surprised if Manchester City is still trying to make a move on it anyway because Manchester City can go after whoever the hell they want. But, uh, yeah. But this game uh, against Tottenham, you know, against Chelsea... It was really good to see N'Golo Conte score a goal, you know, because, you know, be, me being French-American, heavily rooting all, all the French players as well as the American players, is it's all about pride. And, you know, and for me, you know, N'Golo Conte scored his first goal in 49 Premier League games, his last goal being against Manchester City back in November of 2019. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, N'Golo Conte just last year, such an amazing performance in, in the Champions League knockout rounds and you know playing a huge part in Chelsea win- winning the title it's unfor- it's unfortunate that he didn't have the best tournament with France at, at Euro 2020 but um, you know I'm just really hoping Angelo Conte can stay healthy because France has two more World Cup qualifying games left to play if France will play the Nations League semi-final game against Belgium so we're gonna need Angelo Conte I mean we're gonna need every single French player to be to fucking be healthy let's put it like that so anyway I'm gonna take my breath for a moment. I gotta got a bit carried away, but anyway, you know Chelsea's just been you know absolutely amazing. You know and Thiago Silva who actually scored the first goal. Check this out. Thiago Silva at 36 years and 362 days. Thiago Silva has become the second oldest Chelsea player to score in a Premier League game, only behind Didier Drogba, who scored against Leicester City at the age of 37 in April of 2015. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Thiago Silva, dude, dude is just you know still has it, and and when he left Paris Saint Germain to go to Chelsea, I felt like you know it was, it was the right thing for him. He was able, you know, went went from losing the Champions League final with PSG to winning it the next year with Chelsea. So I, I'm I'm really happy for the guy. But um, you know, looking at at Chelsea, Chelsea's actually on top of the Premier League standings right now. You know, in my case, Manchester United briefly had it, but. But right now, there's actually a, a tie because Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United all sit with four wins and each have one draw. Okay, but I think what puts Chelsea at the top right now is the I believe it's goal differential because well at least between Liverpool and Chelsea because both Liverpool and Chelsea have scored 12 goals while conceding only one, while Manchester United has conceded four. So yeah, I mean Chelsea's just yeah. As much as I hate to say it, I mean, Chelsea's a damn good team, whether you like it or not. I mean, in my case, like I said, I'm a lifelong Man U supporter, so... I I mean, I don't like having to say that Chelsea's good, but no. But also, keep in mind, I'm I'm a sports writer, so you gotta be objective and, you know, and not be biased. So, you gotta tell it like it is, but... Chelsea's just so damn good. You know, and looking at the starting lineup from this one, you know, Haoming Son... You know, a pretty unique, a very unique, you know, tactical formation that Tottenham utilized. Four defenders, three midfielders, two forwards, and one striker. And they they deployed Holming's son as the sole striker. And Chelsea, I mean, Thomas Tuchel, three defenders, four midfielders, two forwards, and a striker. And Thomas Tuchel deployed Romelu Lukaku as the sole striker, which is actually a very, very smart thing to do. You know, Angelo Conte actually didn't start this game. Neither did Timo Werner. 
I'm guessing Angelo Conte finally made his return from it, from the injury he sustained at the last international break. I want to see if I can uh, confirm that. I haven't looked at the, I didn't look at the lineup from the last games, but uh, let me see. Let's see from the Champions League game. Hmm. Yeah, well, he didn't start that one, did he? Yep, yeah, I think, yep, I think this confirms it, yes. that It, it confirms it. Angelo Conte made his return from injury. But let me double confirm, like, the, the previous, uh, the previous, um, Premier League game. Yep. Yep, okay, yep, it does confirm it, yeah. Okay, so it's 100% confirmed now. In this game against Tottenham, Angelo Conte made his return to the game, so that's why I'm really praying, I mean, I need him to stay healthy, because Ang Angolo Conte is just the pride of, a part of the pride of Chelsea, the pride of France, and France is going to need the guy, but, you know, going back to this particular game, Thomas Tuchel did an outstanding job, and he's been doing a fa fantastic job deploying Lukaku as the sole striker, and, and Lukaku has just been, it's just been killing it, and I mean, absolutely killing it, so, anyway. Alright, last but not least, Manchester United versus West Ham United. Well, 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 well. Well, here's a game that was, you know, the, the fact that Manchester United, I, I think I think it's like, what, a 30-game a, a game streak of not losing on the road? <laughs> I mean, Manchester United is a totally different team on the road than they are when they play at Old Trafford. And Manchester United suffered that humiliating Champions League opening game to a club called the Young Boys. And, you know, Jesse Lingard, you know, playing a role, you know, Jesse Lingard's mistake is what is what led to Manchester United losing that Champions League game. But it was good to see Jesse Lingard redeem himself in this game. You know, I saw the highlights of this game. And, you know, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo scores first for Manchester United. And what's so interesting is that ever since Cristiano Ronaldo began playing for for the Red Devils again. He has scored in each of his first four games. So, anyway, but West Ham United actually, you know, drew first blood, took the one nothing lead in the 30th minute, and then Cristiano Ronaldo would equalize just five minutes later. And Cristiano Ronaldo equalized, you know, after the, the West Ham United goalkeeper could not secure the ball after making a save, and... Cristiano Ronaldo makes the last-second effort to uh, put the ball in the back of the net, which was successful. And then the game kind of goes quiet with both teams kind of battling back and forth. You know, Manchester United dominated ball possession, had over 600 passes and 90% pass accuracy. And and when Jesse Lingard just, you know, made that absolutely fantastic goal. And, and what I want to stress to you folks is that Jesse Lingard actually did not celebrate. He did not celebrate out of respect to the West Ham United supporters because, let's not forget, last season, Jesse Lingard was loaned to West Ham United from Manchester United, and he had a great game for the Hammers. I was actually super surprised. Okay, you know what? No, no, no. Surpri even super surprised is not enough to describe the situation. I was actually shocked. I mean shocked that West Ham United and Manchester City, uh, excuse me, that Manchester United and West Ham United didn't actually come up come up with a deal to to keep Jesse Lingard at West Ham United because I I figured that West Ham United would would actually offer to to work out a deal to keep Jesse Lingard on a permanent basis, but that didn't happen. 
But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad we got Lingard back because Lingard's been doing pretty good. I mean, minus that game against Young Boys, that big mistake. I mean, overall, Lingard's been doing a, a fantastic job. But I'm not done. I'm not done yet. Because in the closing, in, deep in injury time, West Ham United was threatening to score. And they got in the penalty area and then attempted a pass. And then a, and then a man you the defender apparently got called for a handball. Now, the announcers kind of said it was a bit controversial, but from in my case, whether it's controversial on, uh, or not, I mean, I, I did see the Manchester United player extend his arm while he was trying to, to play defense, while he was playing defense, I should say. And I would say, look, that's why I notice a lot of players always keep their hands behind their back to avoid, you know, being caught in that in that trap, okay? But when that player, right before that ball... Right before the West Ham United player tries to, you know, make a cross, okay. Right before that, the Man U player extended his arm, so that was de- that was dead giveaway. And of course, it goes down to the VAR, and then the referee checks it, and then decides to award the penalty. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, miraculously, David De Gea saves it. Absolutely. In absolutely amazing fashion, David De Gea pull off pulling off the save like that. You know, over as of late, Manchester United supporters have. You know, I, I think a long time ago, a lot of Man U supporters lost their faith, lost their religion. As far as David De Gea goes, as far as I'm concerned, you know what? If we're unable to come up with a deal to sell him anywhere, if we have to keep him, then fine. Because th- th- these are the cards that we're dealt with that we we have to deal with it. And look, I know David De Gea is not as good is not as good as he once was. Or I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to say he's not good, but it's just unfortunate that oh, I, the best thing for me is to say it's unfortunate that David De Gea things have just not been going well for him and for the club, and and it's really sad. But I was just happy to see that David De Gea was able to dig deep inside himself and pull off an amazing save, and Manchester United can go home with the three points, because I feel like you know. Not winning this game would have been bad because you know, especially since we came off that dreadful loss in the opening Champions League game. So, but Manchester United wins, and and I'm happy. So before we move on away from the EPL, looking at the standings again, Chelsea and Liverpool kind of in a tie, both with four wins and one draw. You know, both forcing twelve goals and allowing just one, and Manchester United is in third place. And surprisingly, Brighton. That's right, Brighton is actually fourth right now. Four wins and one loss. And they are trailed by Manchester City and then by Everton and then Tottenham and West Ham have just dropped down. They have jumped down the ladder. You know, Tottenham and West Ham, you know, were were starting off good. You know, West Ham was actually in the top four, I believe, before they dropped down. But, you know, this this, this loss against Manchester United, really, it, it, it really got to them. But you know, and speaking of West Ham, you know those that lost, and you know, and, and back in, in September 11th, you know they suffered that 0-0 draw against Southampton, and before that there was the 0-0 draw against Crystal Palace. I mean, West Ham United's last win was August 23rd when they beat Leicester City 4-1 at home. So, so West Ham United really hasn't, really hasn't been good for them so far in, in the Premier League, but. West Ham United is in the Europa League, so there's a little bit of private, but they're going to have to pick it up if they're going to do well. And 
just three days ago, three days ago, West Ham West Ham did actually win their first opening Europa League game against Dynamo Zagreb. So, and speaking of West Ham United, you know, player D- Declan Rice apparently Manchester United earlier this week announced that they're they're, they're going to begin plans uh, to actually possibly acquiring Declan Rice. And a good friend of mine who's also been on the show, who's a strong supporter of Manchester United, actually said that if Manchester United can get Declan Rice, it would actually be a very good move. So as soon as I see that, I see that news, of course, I sent it to him. I said, well, looks like Manchester United might have gotten your message. So, But we'll have to see if, if negotiations start. I mean, in West Ham United's case, I mean, Declan Rice is, is a very good player. But West Ham couldn't really pass up the opportunity to sell a player and, and, and make a good profit out of it. So, I mean, it's a business decision is what it comes down to. But but after, you know, five, uh, five games to the EPL, I mean, the standings are already beginning to get serious. You know, the, the top heavyweight clubs, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Liverpool, I mean, they're already fighting for third place because all three of those clubs have a total of 13 points. So, anyway... <clears throat> So now I'm done with EPL. I'm gonna do a brief. I'm gonna make a brief with La Liga and League Ah, because there's really not much to talk about. You know, Olympique de Marseille picked up the two nothing win against Rennes. You know, and uh, Paris Saint Germain picked up the two nothing win against Lyon. Okay, you know, Monaco and Nice. You know, two to two tie. Bordeaux being seventy ten on the road. Looking at the standings, Paris Saint-Germain is a perfect 6-0. Six, oh, six wins and no draws and a loss after, through the first six games. You know, scoring 18 goals, allowing six. Now, Olympique de Marseille is just is trailing by five points under them because Olympique de Marseille has only played in five games. I mean, there's that game against Nice that, that ended up being canceled. That, that's going to be played again, so let's not get too carried away. That, yeah, that game with Marseille and Nice, you know, being canceled has to be played again. I mean, that's g- going to affect the standings. As far as Marseille goes, but Marseille looks pretty fucking good. <laughs> and I know all the PSG supporters listen to this. You know they don't like me saying this, but guys, look, it's again, it's my situation, but gotta tell it like it is. But you know, there's been a problem with Pia- with Paris Saint Germain, a major problem lately, because this game against Lyon. Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi, and Neymar all started this game. And all three of those guys started the first game in the Champions League game against Club Rouge, and they could not win. They could not beat that small Belgian club, despite having all three players. And in this game, it's the same thing. And what's even a bit controversial is that Lionel Messi was actually subbed out of the game. And at one point, PSG was losing this match. And I'm looking at the starting lineup. Look at the formation that Mauricio Pochettino had. Well, it was good to see Gio. Uh, it was it was good to see um excuse me Gianluigi Donnarumma play. I'm not sure if this is his first game playing. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't paid too much attention to league uh, or at least the starting lineups. But it was good to see Donnarumma play. But I'm looking at the, at the lineup: four defenders, two midfielders, three forwards, and a lone striker. So they deployed Kylian Mbappe as a lone striker, which is which is fine. I mean, sometimes it's sometimes it's it's Neymar, and I'm sure that sometimes it's going to be Messi. But you know they have Messi in the middle, with Neymar and Angel Di Maria on the side. So it was it was good to see Lionel Messi play side by side with his uh, Argentine compatriot Angel Di Maria. But 
I'm not gonna say Messi has not been doing well for PSG. It's just it's as difficult as it is. You know, he's doing he's doing his best, but I guess he just hasn't picked up the picked up the mojo yet. Maybe he's still trying to get used to the playing environment of league. Uh, or some people say that makes no sense, or you know, it, it shouldn't be a problem for him. I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm not gonna panic. I'm not going to panic yet that Lionel Messi and Neymar and Mbappe are not doing what we think we would see out of that triple threat trio attack. But, I mean, the fact that we, that we saw it struggle against Club Rouge, that did concern me. But look, PSG is going to have to get it together because PSG will play Manchester City in their next, in their next group stage match. That, that match takes place September 28th. Okay, and Manchester City is going to be visiting PSG, so so Mauricio Pochettino. Obviously, it's it's more than likely that the trio of Lionel Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe will start against Manchester City, but those guys and the tree and the attack are, are going to have to get it together. I mean, this time they're going to have to score goals, goals, goals. Okay, they're going to have to score at least three goals and keep a clean sheet in order to be as far as from Manchester City. As possible in in the in the group standings of the Champions League group stage, but um, but before that, P, uh, PSG has two league on games to play. They'll play against Mets on the road before playing Montpellier at home. So, so PSG, get it together, because that trio should be absolutely amazing, and there's no excuse for this trio to not be able to deliver. All right. Let's move on to La Liga now, shall we? There we go. Well, fortunately, not too much to talk about this week. La Liga goes. Atletico Madrid's, you know, falling to a 0-0 draw against Athletic Club. You know, Barcelona actually playing one more game. It'll be it'll be tomorrow. At 2 o'clock, they'll be playing Granada at home. I guess the only thing is, you know, Real Madrid pulling off the win against Valencia. You know, Valencia took the took the lead in the 66th minute uh, until you know the 86th minute when Vin- Vinicius Junior equalized and then Cream Benzema made it two one just two minutes later to give to give Los Blancos the win. Uh, I guess much to my uh, sadness, my boy Eduardo Camavinga didn't get the start, but. He was he he did end up coming entering the game. He he did he he didn't score a goal, but he did uh, in fact. Excuse me. He did in fact actually pick up a yellow card, and you know Rodrigo also came in, and Rodrigo also picked up the yellow card, and and I said this in an article because I, I uh, wrote an article about Eduardo Camavinga's brilliant performance of the first two games, and even explained how Carlo Ancelotti has praised the young Camavinga. And I even made it clear that in Camavinga's case, when you're an 18-year-old player and Carlo Ancelotti is super impressed with you and he appraises you, that is a major accomplishment because Carlo Ancelotti is one of the greatest, and I mean absolute finest, greatest managers in the past 20 fucking years. Okay? Carlo Ancelotti is absolutely brilliant. And when he praises you, you should be proud of yourself. But anyway, I don't want to get too far. You know, I would have, I really would have loved if Kamavinga would have provided at least an assist to Benzema because I want to see, I want to see Benzema. You know, because I know, I know that Kamavinga 
learning from Benzema, along with the likes of Modric, Tony Cruz, Casemiro, Valverde. That that's huge. So, and I'm looking at, at the formation that Carlo Ancelotti used in this game: four midfielders, excuse me, four defenders, four midfielders, one forward, and one striker. <laughs> so four by four by one by one. So in Hazard, right behind Kareem Benzema. <laughs> I never really saw something like that, but you know, let's give one. Carlo Ancelotti is a genius, is a creative genius. So let's let's trust the guy. I I know that he knows what he's doing. So anyway, but looking at the La Liga standings, not surprising. Real Madrid is up by two points, is at the top with four wins and one draw. Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. I've both yet to lose a game. So. You know, I'm looking at Barcelona. I mean, I'm sure it's going to change tomorrow. Barcelona, just two wins and one draw, seven points. I mean, oh, it's just not been good. It's just not been good for Barcelona lately, has it? I mean, Barcelona's in 10th place in the freaking La Liga standings. But, I mean, as far as their future goes, it's just so, clou- it's just so cloudy. I don't even know what to expect. So, I don't even know what to tell you. So. Anyway, I want to take a look at the stats. <clears throat> Kareem, Kareem Benzema leads La Liga in goals scored with six goals, and right under him is Vinicius Jr., the Brazilian, 21-year-old Brazilian, you know, and also a young player who's absolutely phenomenal, just like Rodrigo. And I'm telling you, Real Madrid's got some young talent, so it won't be long until Real Madrid becomes a dominant team again. I mean, Real, Real Madrid... Could be a strong dark horse in this Champions League, but let's take a look at the top scorers of League A as well. I'll have to do the same thing with the EPL. Well, as far as League A goes, this actually looks to be a five-way tie. I mean, five players have four goals, and one of them is Kylian Mbappe. So I'm sure that's going to change pretty soon. But now looking at the top scores for the Premier League is, well, there's a three-way tie for number one. Bruno Fernandes, Michael Antonio, and Mohamed Salah each have four goals. And Cristiano Ronaldo has three, although I'm, I'm sure I'm not sure if it's been uh, updated yet. But, you know, Ronaldo's it's definitely going to move up. But, you know, these are a bunch of ties. But it's good to see Paul Pogba actually be the leader in assists. He has seven assists. And that really warms me because, you know, you know I've always defended Paul Pogba. And apparently these – and then earlier this week – a, a, a rumor apparently said that Juventus is, is gonna bring is gonna get Paul Pogba. Even a player says that Paul Pogba is gonna land at Juventus. I'm absolutely tired of this all these transfer rumors because you know for the last three years or so, last two three years, it's been rumor after rumor, report after report about a potential move for Paul Pogba to either Real Madrid. There was even one about Paris Saint Germain to Juventus. I'm done. I'm done with that. So. Paul Pogba has been doing good this season for the Red Devils. I think for now he should. I mean, even though he himself has said he's focused on he's focused on the Red Devils, at least his mind's in the right place. So Paul Pogba is doing great. So it's good to see him lead the league in assists right now. But as far as far as the scoring goes, you know, it's probably gonna be tied for a long time. But it's good to see Bruno Fernandez being the top at least. You know, you know, have a, t- a tie for. Th- in a three-way tie for the top scorer. So, I mean, Bruno Fernandes, 
been doing fantastic too. I mean, Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba play great alongside each other. And of course, Bruno Fernandez playing alongside, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, that, Ronaldo, that's huge for him. So, so hopefully West Ham, uh, excuse me, so hopefully Manchester United could do, could you could keep doing well and, you know, maybe pull off the impossible and win the EPL title, even though that's a one in a million shot. But uh, I want to see the Red Devils win a title because we should have won it last year in the Europa League final. We didn't get it done. And the drought continues because the Red Devils have not won a major title since 2017. And ladies and gentlemen, that is unacceptable. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is my proud honor to announce that this episode is proudly brought to you by the After Extra Time podcast, hosted by soccer creative genius Stuart Cavanaugh. Stuart's unique knowledge of this great game of soccer is absolutely outstanding. After Extra Time is a fantastic show, so please, loyal listeners of this show, give After Extra Time a try. You love this show, you will love that show, I assure you. And Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.